0: This,
1: uh, this is Joe Cole. This is Ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the London, the London, London Is Blue, Blue
0: Podcast. Podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London Is Blue Podcast. As always, your host, Brandon Joe and host Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, it is the Leicester City Match Review. And Dan, we're breaking one of our golden rules of recording.
2: It was so good, though. It was so good. The hit was so good that we had to just <laughs> take the moment, even though we're all tired, we all had to wake up super early for this kickoff and talk about Chelsea coming off an international break, not missing a beat, Nick. This is exciting.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we'd win. Uh, as you'll know, uh, I recorded the, the match preview with uh, their good friend Dennis, uh, otherwise known as Couch Critic, on Thursday, and uh, I felt pretty confident going in there, and then you know, ended up going on Talk Sport last night to do a little preview. Oh,
2: big for I went Talk Sport last night.
3: Hey hey Dan, it's called being famous. Um You heard of it? <laughs> and uh yeah, I've oh, Let's it? check the receipts. And uh, and look. At the end of the day, uh, the the Arsenal host who was trying to troll me was like, "I don't know, Leicester's pretty tough," and I'm like, "Yeah, pretty sure we're gonna win, <laughs> like, <laughs> pretty really sure." And they actually were a lot more comfortable than I thought they'd be. You know, I think I think Robbie Earl on uh, on NBC summed it up great at the end of the match, which is like, Chelsea had every reason to come out and not perform today. International break, players still injured, all this stuff, and they came out and just were immaculate and his best performance of the season by far. Yeah,
0: I think you're spot on with that one. Um, it, it was it was top to bottom, which is why, uh, again, we normally like to wait, give some some time for everything to breathe before we jump into recording, but not a little bit. today. Uh, we're, we're going right in, and so we're excited. So uh, per usual, uh, we kick it off with a three-year match review. We're going to be talking about the domination, how Tuchel's Blues took over the King Power. are going to be praising for N'Golo Conte and the rest of the team. Uh, and so, so much more. So, Dan, uh, absolute feisty three-match word review is just—it was so much fun reading these. Everyone oh, they was just—they were savage. They were oh, yeah. savage.
2: Um, Haberkat, Thurman's been <coughs> muted. He's in yeah. the timeout. Evercat <laughs> had two great ones. Uh, one with the black and yellow, which obviously, yeah, you know, to the kit looked very sharp today on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, also with the XOG expected offside goals because. <laughs> Chelsea could have had six, could have had seven, and I don't use that lightly. I'm not one to go there. Nick goes there. I don't go there typically, but I agree with him. Uh, Tana with the defensive Chelsea lol. (laughs) Shane with the Mercury in Hakim grade. Boy. Little Josh Clark with the zero Fox given. McLeesey with the Brinks truck Rüdiger, because you need to back (laughs) it up and just pay the man. Pilo with the three to parte and an explanation excellent Since a, a Marte was nowhere to be seen uh that was good uh, he almost
0: scored a banger
2: <laughs> uh, uh Mr. Thurman with too easy is another way to kind of put together brick hit house with defensive system masterclass Steve Booth with the vocal supporters rewarded and they were top class today Ben Stanzel with the FA Cup bitches <laughs> John Emerson with the Six Cups Are Us, because uh, we just went shopping for uh, some more silverware. Uh, our friend Trey with the Rogers successful audition for Man U. Uh, and then had to do it, had to do it. Chris Kelly with the Damn It Dan,
0: followed up with the
2: Why Not Us. Mm.
0: <laughs> a lot of fire, a lot of pepper shaking in there. Um, even the commentators are kind of funny. They're like, "On the day that Rodgers was supposed to be auditioning for Manchester United, they are booed off the field." Yeah, <laughs>
2: perfect. It works perfectly. Yeah, it's a look, match man in heaven.
3: Every United fans probably like, look, that's our guy now. We can boo him
0: <laughs> as well. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was it was quite quite funny. Uh, I'm trying to think. One of these remind me of something else from the game, but it I might have to come to me a little bit later. Um, So, oh, the vocal supporters rewarded. I was waiting, Nick, for the um, the announcer to say, "Uh, "We apologize for any feisty language you might be hearing through the television because you (laughs) you heard the fans you 'You're fucking (laughs) shit.'" (laughs)
4: <laughs> I will it just say
3: came
0: through so well
3: the I I've heard I've heard the trip to Leicester is none too fun in terms of, of getting there uh, from Chelsea but that that away end was hopping today I mean my god huge credit to all the away fans that were there they just looked like they had a massive section in that uh on the on the touchline on the far side it just looked amazing so well done to those guys uh they were they were
0: quite up for this one I love it. All right, ours. Uh, I put new level unlocked. Mm. All right, we're just seeing another another level from this team, which is exciting. I was gonna put something about champion mentality or you know sign up champions. And I'm like, ah, it's it was only Lester who, when you look at the table, uh, last year's Lester tough. This year's Lester not not so much. So I'm gonna pump the brakes on that one. Uh, Dan, clever clever with this one.
2: Yeah, I, well. I... I think the important part is making it plural so that it has a double meaning, but it's twas all yellows, because not only was it the Chelsea in the black and yellow, but all Leicester got on the day was yellow cards.
0: Uh. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. Nick, what about you? Uh, I
3: just changed mine from N'Golo Kante it. Day. Of course it was, but I think uh, my, my theme uh, over the preview was we haven't got out of second gear. So I'm going to go with reaching third gear. I don't think we're all the way there yet, but this was a very good performance.
0: Uh, look, I love it. And I know you're a huge, uh, top gear guy. So, that is correct. Uh, I feel like that's a good one. Hey, Tweeds was here for a hot second. Uh, for those of you who don't know this, uh, Joe Tweeds is supposed to be on this episode. Immediately, uh, as you're about to hit record, goes, oh, gotta go. He's out. But his three-word match review is in here, and it says, that's a paddling. So clearly he was hyped.
2: Wonderful usage. Wonderful usage of a Simpson line. It never gets yeah. old. Perfectly applied. It would have been a 10 out of 10. We all would have laughed and had a good time. And uh, and Joe misses it. Sad.
0: Yeah. Yep. So anyways, um, but Dan, you're up with the Apple podcast reviews continuing to flood in. They shout us out. We shout them out. And look, we know it's been a few minutes in this episode already, and people don't like when we take a long
2: time to get to the actual meat and potatoes. But we also didn't do Apple podcast reviews for a little bit of time during the break. So you're welcome. Uh, we had Millhouse from the wife's phone. With a wonderful review while he's been on vacation. So thanks for five stars from your wife's device there. We had Pully Goat from the United States, Norwegian Alfie from Norway, Johnson from the US, Jonas Archibald from the US, Kurgif F from the United States, (laughs) DMR nineteen ninety-four from the US, and Does It Mata question mark from the (laughs) Aussie land? Thank you all for your wonderful five-star reviews. Uh, we would be also very thankful during the time of Thanksgiving mm. if you leave a five-star review and haven't done so already. Or maybe when you're gathering with friends and family who don't even know about like what a podcast is, you say, Hey, Grandma, let me borrow that phone real quick. Let me tell you what a podcast is. Oh, I'm just going to use your Apple ID and leave another five-star review.
3: Look, I'm I'm all about starting new traditions here. I think as you're gathering with your family around the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> let us
2: give thanks for our favorite
3: podcast. Everyone. I know phone. It's like a taboo to have your phone and, you know, whatever. It's Thanksgiving dinner whatever. But I think just make an exception for us. Everyone at the table. You're gathered around 15, 20 people, whatever. Just take out your phones. And everyone just go to the Apple Podcast Review. Submit a five-star review. and And tell me how ridiculous I am for suggesting
0: this. So. I know, we're going to get flooded with, like, 48 reviews post-Thanksgiving. <laughs> I want to see, I like... I need a
2: photo. I need a photo or video of someone doing it at Christmas dinner, uh, or Thanksgiving dinner, rather.
3: Hey, Does It Mata? I want it from Does It Grand Mata. You know what I'm saying? So I oh want your grand in in the middle here. Let's go.
0: Get the nan involved. All right, let's jump into the magic details. Uh, it was Leicester City uh, this past Saturday, the 20th of November, Uh, In the Premier League at the King Power Stadium, though, uh, in case you missed it, uh, Chelsea or Leicester zero, Chelsea three. And uh, if only you could see the acrobatics I'm doing through the script, you would all be (laughs) so impressed. The goal is coming from Rudiger, Conte, and then Pulisic. So we're going to kick it over to the the official Chelsea FC the fifth stand uh, for some highlights, because who doesn't want to relive? what just happened over the weekend. So thank you to Chelsea for letting us uh, use these clips. Download the app if you haven't. And we'll be right back.
4: Jorginho was fouled. Just a bit too close the attention there from Wilfred and Didi. Taken quickly and taken very effectively. And Chilwell's in here and oh. should have scored. Clips the top of the bar. it has got to score. it has got to score. What a great free kick taken so quickly. Caught Leicester City's back line out completely. I think you'd have to say he's well on side, isn't he? Well on side. In swing with the left foot from Chilwell. Good yeah. header. Chelsea lead. That is a superb header. It really is. Rudiger. There's something about Leicester that brings out the best in him. He scored against them again. Good oh, turn. Lovely turn, wasn't it, from uh, Rhys James? And now kante and Chelsea with players available. Still Kante might go himself. Oh, that. It's absolutely fantastic back on old territory, and what a goal from Kante! Quite brilliant. Chelsea double the lead. Looking for Castagna, who thought he was shoved by James, but he's got the ball back anyway. Sumare and Didi. And then the shot from distance needed saving. First thing that Mendy's had to do is up to the task. That was hit with real venom by Amate. Well he has caught this, hasn't he? Absolutely spot on. Ziesch. James. Now Troschinio. Ziyesch again looking to curl one in. Davis is a great oh. ball and nearly a third for Chelsea. Caliber striding forward and playing it perfectly into the path of Ziyesch. Twisting and turning and crossing, yeah. and Chelsea scoring. Excellent poked-in finish from Christian Pulisic, and that surely has put the game to bed. A yeah, free kick to Leicester, and there won't be time to take it. Leicester City nil, 0 Chelsea 3. I'm going to fight you, Dan. So,
0: anyways, line-up time. Uh, Now that we've relived the magic, Dan, you've got us. We had a 3-4-2-1 again. The man with the
2: easiest job in the world, Edouard Mendy, between the sticks. It was Antonio Rodrigo, Thiago Silva, and Trev Chalba making up our very defensive back three it was Reese James and Ben Chilwell on the wings of the Golo Conte and Jorginho bossing the midfield. And it was Mason Mount, Calum Hudson-Odoi, and Kai Havertz up top. A you subs, Kepa Aretha Blaga, Marcus Alonso, Jairus Kershynsen, Cesar Asplund, kreta Ross Barkley, and Timo Werner back on the bench returning from injury. We did not see him play, though, because it was Christian Pulisic coming off the bench with a goal. Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Hakam Ziyech all making
0: very good substitute appearances. Yeah, absolutely. Uh some of the top line stats from this one, Chelsea uh came down from their first half 70% 70% possession, dropping to 61.7 overall. It, it, it uh, we was had... actually
2: 69.9, just in case you're wondering for the, the actual nice. halftime stat.
0: <laughs> nice. I uh I actually wasn't, so thank you. <laughs> uh Chelsea was 16 shots seven on target. Uh, Not counting any of the offside shots. (laughs) Uh, Leicester City had four shots, three on target, which good for them that they were that efficient. Um, we had 15 tackles there, 18. We had nine clearances there, 10. So, again, a lot of these things to say is pretty a tight affair. It was not. We had five corners to their three. We somehow had four offsides in 10 minutes. Uh, they only had three offsides. We had one caution to their three, eight fouls conceded to their 15. But the best part about this is the expected goals from at XG Philosophy, saying Lester at a .45 uh, expected goals to Chelsea's 2.39 Hey, we're back to overachieving. Let's over-perform,
2: go. Overperform.
0: I love it. Halftime, it was uh, Lester had a 0.00 expected goals. Uh, Nick, you're no numbers man, but hard to hard to not love that one. Even I, a simpleton, can
3: understand that 0.00 <laughs> and zero shots, zero on target is not really where
0: you want to live uh, in, a, in a half of football if you're Lester City. You got Jamie Vardy. For fuck's sake. They didn't even use him. It was great. Uh, one random stat from Ad, Opta Joe saying 50%. Exactly 50% of Antonio Rudiger's eight Premier League goals have come against Leicester with four of them. The only Premier League side the German has netted more than once against in the competition, Foxy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a reach from Opta uh, Joe on the last one. There. <laughs> a little no, bit of a reach. That was great. That was wonderful. Uh, Love it. F- foxy he scored half of his goal, premier league goals against one team he loves a goal which is uh, makes me super glad i brought him in a fantasy team but clearly the people don't like it when i talk about fantasy so i'll keep it to mm, myself mm-hmm. what about the envy pet shithouse moment of the match that's right the nick for patented eye test look
3: um <laughs> there are many moments to choose from in this one uh Golo conte splitting three Leicester players, sending them the wrong way while he goes the opposite direction. Tremendous. Uh, Joe tweeds has nominated Rudiger yet again for biting Reese's head when Conte scored, which was admittedly super weird, but you know, that's Rudiger for you. My uh, and pet shithouse moment of the match is certainly the team lifting up Ben Chilwell after he assists Rudiger for the first goal in front of the Leicester end, um, the, you know, the whole don't celebrate in front of your former team thing kind of went out the window there. Uh, they lifted him up like Simba um, on Pride Rock uh, to show him to the to the team that he left. And, you know, I just really thought
0: that was tremendous. Uh, really good trolling from the team there. Conte obviously scoring against his former team as well. Um, speaking of Conte, he was so damn good on the ball today. He sent someone. He put him on skates Twice. I don't know if you guys Indeedy. saw that. It was a whole what section what, for this to talk about him. I'm just saying, like to his point, he was saying that you know he he put someone down. There was more. So all right, well we'll take our ad break when we get back. Uh, jumping right into the domination and how we got into a three goal master class. So thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. and We'll be right back. All right, hey, coming out of the break, we also want to say thank you to John D. Uh, yearly sub on Patreon. E upgraded. Uh, Mark J and Farmer1919 are new monthly subs. We just want to thank you uh, for supporting us financially above and beyond just listening, which is awesome. Um, and then obviously Nick, we've got more podcasts to come this week because duh. <laughs> yeah. If you're,
3: if you're a fan of the show, you'll know that we've been producing an insane amount of podcasts, all free, all in your uh, podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so just from us to you, uh, thanks for listening. But, Four more this week. You're listening to the first one. We have our uh, women's review from from the Birmingham match on Tuesday. We obviously play Juventus in the Champions League on Tuesday. We will have that review out Wednesday. So a nice little holiday travel pod for you. And then, look, uh, we're going to take Thanksgiving off. Um, you know, a well-deserved rest for the, for the squad here. Yep, that, that is right. I will be eating and drinking uh, my fill. Juventus, uh will have to, you know, the review will have to subside you for for Wednesday. But we will be back with a holiday mailbag, uh, which is sure to delight because uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Tweeds is going to be a part of that. A man who just joined the show from the top rope, RKO. Uh, Joe, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. Yeah, sorry, it's uh, I normally get <laughs> quick intro I'm
0: yeah, literally just showed up, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I thought I locked this. We just letting anyone in right now? What is going on? Pretty Anarchy. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, can <laughs> we, can we, we shift to to talk about domination? Can we, can can we, we talk the about the topic?
3: smooth transition I just gave there? Come Please. on. You don't need to pay so yeah. phone back.
0: Please. I just felt like it should be more abrupt. I mean, Joe Tweed just kicked down a door and said, I am here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Full Kool Aid man sort of kicking down the door for the episode. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right, so uh, the first topic that Dan put in the script is domination, and he asks a very spicy question, which, Tweez, I'm going to get you involved in right away. How do we keep getting away with it? Uh, Excuse me, sir.
2: No, no, the the inflection is not right. It's like the – Excuse me, sir. How do you keep getting away with it? The Breaking Bad thing, (laughs) like Walter White continues to get away with it. Like This is our league, Dan. abuse teams in the premier league it's phenomenal.
3: dan you know brandon doesn't watch tv that
0: was wasted ah, on that, him. that's my first mistake there we go god context <laughs> it, italics isn't enough for me you're gonna have to help me out anyways tweeds continuing to batter teams uh stranglehold at the top right now especially with some of these as are going um
1: how do we keep getting away with it Oof, um, I will try and keep this from relatively short because I think I could wax lyrical about this for a good hour. But uh, as people know that um I can talk for a fairly long time when I need to. But uh this
3: Joe doesn't even need just... oxygen, he just keeps yeah. going. <laughs> just... Yeah,
1: it's it's such a work-related feature that I can just do talking for long periods of time. Yeah, gills. yeah. <laughs> that's the system. I drink tea through my mouth and the gills is what I use to breathe yep. when I start talking. So uh yeah. Um I just think at the moment teams haven't haven't figured out this this sort of indented wingback stuff that was doing with Reese and, and Ben. And I do think it is actually a lot to do with with Reese and Ben individually rather than sort of the, the tactics that are being used as well. Um, on the right hand side you had this insane rotation between Kante and, and Reese and whoever was playing on the right normally at the time. Trevor towards the end of the games on the left-hand side, you have the same with with Rudiger, with with Ben Chiwa, with again whoever is normally playing from the left-hand side. And there just seems to be such a, a difficulty that teams are trying to figure out a who to mark where sort of the, the dangerous space is, is sort of being created. And I think at the moment you have a lot of teams who are not necessarily playing a back three every week. And they're trying to match sort of Chelsea up and we're sort of probably the, the leading team in Europe when it comes to this system at the moment. Certainly in terms of it's the main system we train, it's the one we've been playing for a period of time now. I always think back to um, Steve Holland's comments. I think it was on the coach's voice when he was talking about working with Antonio Conte. And he said, you know, towards the first uh, or towards the latter part of the the first season, teams started trying to match up Chelsea's shape. But obviously if, if you're training it for two, three, four days, maybe at that point in the season... Chelsea have that benefit of, of basically having it as their sort of default starting uh, position. So they always felt that they had the advantages, they had more um experience and, and skill and acumen in using the system. So I think it's partly to do with that, with with Leicester um sort of maybe trying to match up and then switch a little bit to a to a three-man midfield. But I just think it, it's such a it's such a problem to deal with Rhys James Benchel, particularly when Kante is sort of reminding people a little bit of, of the canter that we maybe haven't seen so far this season due to injuries and and I think a lot of game management we've seen from players. Um, and then again, you factor in sort of this just ability to score from from many different situations. I don't want to say this too early because I, I know that this, this might come later in the episode, but the sort of closing point really is that this Chelsea side is starting to feel to me like it's built to win a Premier League title. When we win titles, very rarely do we have a really high concentration in terms of goals in a particular position, whether that's a centre forward or the front three, whatever it might be. We always have massive contributions from all over the pitch. And I think, again, we're seeing that this season with, you know, I saw a stat on, on BT Sport before the game that Chelsea's defenders had scored 14 or 15 goals this season. I think the closest was like two or three. Um, You know, you've got guys like Kante obviously popping up with goals. You've got obviously Jorginho on penalties. You've got Rupin's ability to to score from those areas. Kovacic is starting to add a little bit to his game from there as well. Um, So when you have that sort of almost like diversity of of goal scoring prowess around the team, I think that's when we've always been at our most dangerous. And that, for me, will be the problem that a lot of teams are going to see because... Today was was a canter. It really was such a stroll. Um, and yes, you know, they haven't been playing particularly well, but they're still a tough team, particularly mm-hmm. coming off an international break, 1230 kickoffs, I think historically are not kind to us. So to play with such a dominant uh, sort of attitude and have such an incredible performance, plus the goals, plus just generally how, how well we look at the moment, and then to have that sort of tops off with um, you know, players coming off the bench making an impact, you know, it's it's starting to, I wouldn't say feel ominous, but if you are an opposition fan at the moment looking at this Chelsea team you are I'd say very hard pressed to find a, a weakness in this side particularly when you look at the strength and depth that we have I mean Sal Niguez wasn't even on the you know wasn't even in the matchday squad today um, to sort of put that into context so obviously Lukaku and Werner etc didn't get on the pitch it's 150 million pounds worth of, worth of strikers not seeing the, the pitch either so yeah, it, it's going to be a, a difficult thing for, for teams to match up with us. I think as long as teams continue to try and play a back three against us, they try to match us in, in terms of uh, personnel. I think we're going to have a little bit of an upper hand on teams. And again, when you have players who seem to be hitting their stride now, particularly guys like Reese James, Ben Chilwell, I think have been really instrumental in how dynamic this team is, is starting to look. Um, you know, returning Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyich looking a little bit more like the player that we bought, etc. Um, so yeah, I mean it's gonna be I think very problematic for, for yeah. teams going forward. But yeah, I think we're we're looking really, really good at the moment. I, I, and I would
0: breathe.
3: <laughs> yeah. I I, yes. I would say this. Like <laughs> I am trying to figure, you know, I think we we've all been trying to figure out how Chelsea get out of second gear, right? We've seemed kind of stuck at the beginning part of the season. The results have been largely very good, right? But the team hasn't always been firing for whatever reason. The front three hasn't necessarily been great so far this season. Uh, you know, injuries and all this stuff and Golo not being healthy all the time. And I'm looking for ways for the team to get out of, of second gear. And I just I, I would just credit the approach to today's game as one way that they did that. They were up Leicester from the very first whistle. The energy, the enthusiasm, the intensity was all there. They were pressing high. They were winning the ball in dangerous areas. Uh, they were absolutely uh, connecting passes in a uh, at a, a rate of speed that we haven't seen for a handful of weeks now. I mean, it's it's gotten really slow and methodical, and and I think today's was passing was so much more dynamic. And for me, Dan. You know, I, I, Again, there are multiple ways that Chelsea can get out of second gear. Uh, one of those ways is, is our topic number two, so I'm not going to belabor that point too much here. But uh, I, I really was pleased with the intensity. I mean, I, again, I think to everyone's point, back from the international break, almost our whole team out for international duty because we have really good players, it turns out, and they all play for the national teams. <laughs> but uh, you, have, you have that and you have this 1230 kickoff. You're playing away they had every reason to come out and and not play with that intensity. And I was just very proud of the way they attached or attacked the game.
2: Well, when you, when you made it so that it was, everybody was kind of fighting almost everybody basically had to defend two men with the way that we were overlapping the kind of quick changes. And then really it became this two on two battle in the midfield. So it was like Conte and Jorginho versus Ndidi and Sumare and, I mean, that seems like a bad gamble to make, Brandon, in terms of taking two <laughs> people who are finalists for the Ballon d'Or and putting them up against your two and hoping that you are better on the day. Like, that's like the nine, you know, the 99th percentile is like we would every time and like you're betting on the 1% of like the FIFA goof to
0: like auto result you like something better than the norm. When, you know, when the announcer said that Les were coming out and they were going to, you know, match Chelsea's formation, you know, this is kind of repeat of Antonio Conte when he was here. It's like, we do this every week. We know what we're doing. You're trying to step into it, be defensive. But, you know, I think Joe's talked about this in previous episodes where, like, you just get comfortable in your play style. You know your passing lanes. you built chemistry. Leicester had none of that today. And they looked like they had none of that today. And, um, yeah, that two-man midfield got absolutely torched. And it, it wasn't even close. Uh, Chilwell and Reese James knowing exactly where to exploit them, even if they do line up the same way. And it was just, I mean, more of the same. I mean, Chilwell had in the second half had license to Rome, he was making straight runs down the middle of the field and being picked up. Okay. Can I also say, Jorginho's on the field,
3: and your tactic I tweeted about this your tactic for Brendan Rodgers is allow him all of the time and space on the ball. <laughs> that's that's your plan. Okay, well. Game over, like he is. Georgina is only neutralized when he has a player basically standing on his foot, and they couldn't get close to him today. And then there there were plenty of times, Joe. I don't know if you noticed this, where they were so scared of Ingolo. That they fell off and Jorginho just kind of walked with the ball through the midfield. <laughs> like there wasn't there was no one around him for like 30 yards. And he's like, All right, I guess I'll we'll just advance the ball here. I don't know what else to do. It, it was so strange.
1: It was it's actually really funny you say that because I think there was a point, I don't know if it was after the third goal, but uh Trevor Chalibur just was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start going on some adventures here. And uh, similar to, yeah, as you say, with, with Jorginho, he was picking the ball up and driving from essentially sort of 10 yards outside his own box to the edge of the, the Leicester box. without have had anyone really challenging him in, in any capacity. And I mean, if there's one thing that you cannot do with with Jorginho is, is sit off him. We've seen him, you know, dictate games, basically wearing a pair of slippers and carrying a newspaper if you stand off him. He's he's such a good player in that, in that sense. Particularly when you've got N'Gailo Kante having... Um, you know, a, a performance that is is much more like the player that we know he can be, um, and then you you factor into that as well, um, just the ability for, as you say, the timing and the sort of innate sense that Reese and Ben have got to step inside and to become almost like a midfield trio at times as well. They they have this really just unique way of, of creating overloads and, and and shifting the 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 point of, of attack and being able to pivot play and to actually progress the ball now. So. Yeah, it, it just felt like a really strange setup from from Rodgers. Um, you know, as soon as you as soon as you start losing those individual one-on-one battles, and I think Chelsea were well completely and utterly all over Leicester in pretty much every single position in the first half. Um, then then you know you switched to a three-man midfield, and then that forced sort of the, their wing backs to push on, and then they kind of left it three v three at the back, and it just didn't really feel like a, a Leicester side that you may be associated with you know rogers over the past couple of seasons but the thing that i will say is i think this is more a case of us making them look bad than than yeah. Leicester not necessarily playing well and i've seen a few people saying yeah well yeah Leicester didn't play well but that's 99% because you know we were completely we on them. the front foot the entire game exactly yeah yeah, yeah.
0: well yeah in their formation, like, you know, I'll give G- Rogers credit for messing that up because I think that that set them up for failure and Chelsea just put them to the sword, Nick. I, you nearly I mean, really
2: adopted the back three. I was <laughs> born into it. <laughs> <called by laughs> it.
3: We're born in the dark. Yeah, I need That's to. That's going over Brandon's head yeah, 100%. I, I need to. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, <laughs> it's, a, it's a small ben. movie called oh, Batman. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so it was the, an indie film a couple of years. Ago. <laughs> the indie film. Uh, the Twins thing I'd say about uh, our defensive formation, you were talking about the wingbacks, Joe, and I think this is some of that I picked up on that you kind of validated, and that I think I'll take a step further. There are very few teams in the Premier League that have natural width that can keep Reese James and Ben Chilwell out wide. Uh, you know, we've noticed yeah. that as as you've been talking. You know, you, you're mentioning this. Reece James and Chilwell basically either becoming attackers or central midfielders because they're allowed a little bit of freedom to kind of play jazz on, on, uh, when we go forward. Golo Conte was playing right wing for fun in the first half because he was yeah. bored. <laughs> I mean, like, I just, he wasn't even in the middle of the park and we were still winning the midfield battle, which is is crazy. But, you know, City, of course, can keep us wide. Liverpool, of course, can keep us wide wide. You know, I I would probably argue that if Manchester United had any sense of tactics, that they have the personnel to probably keep us wide. But I don't think that there are many teams that can do that to us. And then and then it just becomes death by a thousand cuts. You know, and I think Chelsea have yeah. the ability to make those death by a thousand cuts like three big gashes, and then the game's over. Like that's, the thing
1: that. The thing that you are mentioning there, Nick, and it's it's really interesting to watch, is that we, we always have a, a sort of triangle that is kind of constantly rotating. So you have, you know, resource up in midfield. You say N'Golo will push push and play wide. Uh, the, the number 10 will drop a tiny bit deeper. But keeping these sort of passing lane opens and watching the sort of rotation of, of pieces, I think it's going to be fascinating. When I think the next big game we've got is Manchester United. I'm, I think I'm right in saying that. Then the next yep. biggest fixture that we have. I'm curious as to how that they're going to to manage that because, you know, today Leicester's you know wing backs or Brighton and whoever the other guys on the other side. Apologies if you ever listened to this and I've forgotten your name, um, <laughs> but they, I mean, they they were just absolute. You know, they were just so uh, they were just non entities in the game. You know, they weren't doing anything apart from fouling chill or, or Brighton really didn't didn't really do much in terms of, of of getting forward, maybe one or two crosses or whatever. But it's it's such a difficult tactic to. To sort of counter because as a defensive player, your natural tendency is always to follow your eyes and follow the player that technically you're sort of lining up from. So when Reece steps in, in in central midfield areas as a as a wingback, are you going to you going to follow him? Are you going to stay with Kante? Are you going to maybe drop deeper and help the center back with with Havertz or with Mount or with whoever is going to pull into that space? I think now the the, the problem that teams are having is that they don't know how to deal with how we're creating overloads. And we're just creating very, uh, sort of very small numerical advantages in different areas of the pitch. But those uh, those sort of advantages are allowing us to then very quickly unlock either the ball in, in central areas or, or out wide. A lot of our ability to switch play and find space on the opposite flank comes from these moments where we overload a really small area, suck teams in and then sort of draw them out to the other side as well. Um, and I think probably the embodiment of that today was I think second half you know, Reese got the ball and was driving literally through the center of the pitch with Soyuncu hanging off of him, threw him to the ground, and I was just like, "This is this is the modern version of Chelsea." You know, Reese is basically going to play on half of the pitch, and wherever he sort of pops up, you know, Kante will fill in the gap, and Trevor Chalobah was stepping up, and it's it must be a nightmare to play against because not only do you have really really technically gifted players, but that right hand side today has some you know a ridiculous amount of athletes in it as well. Trevor Kante, Reese. I mean, there's not much really. That you're going to do in terms of a physicality against them, or try to try to get into them as well. So it's it's just such a nice problem for for Tuchel to to have. How does he get everyone in the team? But also, how do you how do you deal with that level of rotation and athleticism? You can't.
0: You talk about big fixtures coming up. I mean, it's Juventus right at home on the 23rd, big and then one. you got Manchester United, which judging by the score at halftime, not a big deal. They they are starting to mount May a possible comeback against Watford, but that's looking to be less and less of a big <laughs> match. If anything, we might have to worry about a new manager at Manchester United and potentially a new manager bounce uh, the way things are going for them. But I'm sure he'll somehow nick a point and stay in the job just long enough so that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is in charge for us. But we don't need to look that far ahead. Uh, th- look, Dan, I think I've seen some tweets even and Marco... Was saying, I think Tuchel's best manager in the world right now. It's kind of hard to argue. It seems like, you know, Liverpool have been given challenges, they've stumbled. Uh, you know, City have been given challenges, they've stumbled. Chelsea have been given challenges. Joe Tweed's on record, 150 million pounds worth of strikers on the bench and injured, not in the squad. Challenges have been dealt with. Uh, this team is it's really hard to argue they're not one of the best in the world right now.
2: The only reason Chelsea don't win the Premier League this season is ourselves.
0: All right, ma'am, here come the shirts. Get ready. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really?
2: Yeah.
3: Not not Manchester City who is also a very good team?
2: It's we we're the team to beat. Uh, I, I think in general like we have the right chemistry, we have the right manager, we've got the right players. The only reason we don't win the Premier
3: League this season is if Chelsea give it away. I mean, like I know it's we're all, cool. I, I know we're all poly positive here today. I, I just like, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're denying what is what is likely to be at some point a slump in the season. Like there is a, a guarantee that it will happen because it happens to every team every season. Like even Liverpool in their pomp didn't have. You know, they went on a run where they drew a handful of games or whatever. See, so the,
2: the the biggest time of the year that I am worried about, if there's any time, is when Mendy is gone. That that yes. is probably the
0: correct the biggest club world that cup ever in and Afcon we could see. But uh we're talking about right now one of the best teams. Everything is clicking. Uh, You know our players. You know are sky high in value and things like that. But the thing is, the one player who continues to outshine everyone else. No matter what the situation is, freaking Angolo Conte. It is unbelievable. He his dribbling today, Nick, you wipe it off, man. You can't. Like you just I'm
3: sorry, this is my <laughs> smug face. <laughs> it is. This is my <laughs> I told you he was the best
0: player in Europe face. But this is the best I've seen him <laughs> carry the ball. I think that I've ever seen, Nick, you know, yes. Did he score a great goal to his weak foot? Absolutely. he had, like a killer instinct with that, but constantly his ability to turn away from pressure and release pressure off the dribble today. What, that's what really caught my eye about Ngola Kante. Yes. He could tackle the tackle and somehow get the ball back without the other player even knowing it. But his dribbling in his offense today was, was, it was really, really good. Yeah. I mean, look, I told you he was the best player in Europe. Y'all didn't believe
3: me. And then you watched him today and you're like, oh my God, he's really good. And I'm like, yeah, I've been saying this for a long time. Uh, I think that uh, Tuchel brought up something really interesting in the, in the postgame presser that I wanted to, to bring up that you know, he mentioned that a is finally healthy and that he was free of mind, i.e. not thinking about the injury, not thinking about how to hold back. And I think it was pretty apparent today that he was playing with the freedom that we haven't seen from him in a while. I mean, to be honest, maybe the, the champions league final or something like that. Um, you know, he's just had these niggling injuries, which have, have kind of held him back a little bit. But I mean, if it, again, if you can rotate enough in the midfield this season with the players that we have, including Ruben, who's making a, a real shout to start some of these, these games where you rotate. I mean, if you can get him once a week playing at that level, I mean, come on, like he's untouchable.
0: It's they're, they're unequivocal. Like it, for some reason today, Joe, there was so much space in the midfield to your point. Um, Lester's press was highly ineffective also because Chelsea knew how to exploit it. And were very tidy in possession uh, when, when playing in the back, especially from our three center backs, they did really well today with that. Um, but like, the amount of space that he was able to run and cover, like even thinking of the goal, like where the hell were Leicester today, especially in the middle of the park, they were playing a formation that was a circle and there was no one in the middle.
1: (laughs) So Rogers is pioneering the donut, the Homer Simpson strategy (laughs) on on football manager. Um, Kante, I think today was, I think a reminder and I'm including myself in this, this sort of point here. Um, I've been a bit disappointed by him this season I think a lot of that is to do with injuries and and I think we've seen a couple of players as well that have sort of been in and out of the team, who are tired, who have played a lot of football and maybe need to be managed in a slightly more intelligent manner in terms of their minutes. But today was a, a very stark reminder of what Kante offers you at your absolute peak. Wilfred Ndidi and Didi and, and, uh, and Sumare are not slouches. They are mm. physically imposing. They are talented. They are technically proficient players. I didn't really notice them on the pitch at all. Um, and a lot of that was to do with just Kante's ability to just completely and utterly dominate. And when Kante plays like that, I mean, again, to, to sort of the point earlier made about Jorginho, allowing Jorginho that extra half a yard, that extra you know, couple of seconds on the ball, it's such a nice balance to see, particularly, as you say, in terms of their pressing was very ineffective. But I just I just don't really see in any other player in world football who can do the sorts of things that Kante can do in, in terms of him being at his very, very best. He has completely and utterly negated two very, very good players in midfield who, you know, as I say, in terms of the physical traits they have, they're incredibly good um, in terms of, of, of the way that they can play defensively, the way that they typically can, can be aggressive. And yet... I don't really remember them getting anywhere near him at all during the game. Again, this could be because we're recording and I'm sort of in the haze of a very good performance. But it was at times like like we were sort of playing, a, you know, kind of a, an FA Cup or a League Cup game and Leicester had put out sort of the second string and we'd gone a bit more of a sort of more of attacking team. But yeah, it was just, it's just great to see him back to that, that, uh, you know, sort of level of, of play. And I think the one thing to, to Nick's point, which I think is very important to reinforce I think as long as we we can manage Kante in a way where he is sort of peaking for those bigger games that he's going to be in, that's the perfect way to play him. Does he need to play three games a week this season? Probably not. I think that's where guys like Ruben and and Cover and and obviously Jorginho will rotate in. Even several will probably come in or Barkley or whoever to get some minutes there. But I think the management and trying to extend his life as this kind of swashbuckling all-action midfielder for as long as possible will really rely on how intelligently... Tuchel manages his minutes because if you get performances like him uh today, once a week out of him, then again, I, I agree with Nick. He's the best midfielder in Europe. You know, it's it's not really a debate for me in terms of, of that sort of level of, of of comparison or ability. So manage him correctly. And I think we'll see more performances like like we have seen today. But hopefully this is the the Kickstarter for, for him this season. Um, not just the goal, obviously it was it was fantastically well taken, but just the just the, the sheer dominance in, in, in central midfield for the entire game was just brilliant to see. And it's, it's the Kante, you know, the Cante that we have become accustomed to seeing to in a Chelsea shirt. And if that has to I say has to be done by managing his minutes and letting him actually at his age, you know, and maybe with some fitness concerns have more time away from, from playing every single week, playing him against the cities, United's Liverpool's, et cetera, rest, resting him for games, maybe even like today, or maybe against anyone sort of eight for lower. Um, giving him that ability to, to be fresh. I think that's that's going to be important because if he's at this level in the big games and in the big moments, then we've definitely got a chance of winning trophies this season.
2: I love the blueprint. The blueprint there for our success in N'Golo Kante's contribution.
1: I'll say he's, he's upped levels of his game. I think
2: even the goal celebration today, he had a little bit more of a natural kind of element to that. It wasn't as awkward as it typically is, Nick. I think in general, <laughs> overall play style. Plus yes. style points. Plus, you know, uh, good good times for Angola.
0: I think he uh, even showed frustration at a rough referee by putting his hands by his hips one time. So uh, he, he's to watch getting that. he's getting pretty sassy as well. Wow.
1: How <laughs> dare he? Getting pretty <laughs> sassy.
0: <laughs> um, Dan, you ever heard of Reese James? Uh, Chelsea's current player
2: of the season. Yes, I have heard of Reece James. Wow, he's quite mm. incredible. Uh, I like the man Dave comment that I put in here, which was that Reese James has been directly involved in eight Premier League goals this season. Only Mo Salah, 17, and Mikel Antonio, 9, have been involved in more. Look, I think it, it might have been other, like, it could be any of our defenders with the defense as strong as the way that we play, but his contributions on both sides of the ball have been incredible it has just yeah. been an incredible year-over-year rise in his performance his leadership his ability to win some you yeah, know envy pet moments uh oh yeah you know, uh, almost a game yeah like his, big his ability to to bounce off players from his like his frame it's just, like i don't know if you're building a perfect footballer does it look like anything other than Reese james i don't know i don't think it would i mean maybe you can
3: Look, I, he did come out in the press earlier this week and say that, you know, while the Ballon d'Or is nice and what he really cherishes in this world is the end pet shithouse moment of the mat, the match. And uh, frankly, it's hard to argue um, with such a prestigious award uh, handed out weekly. So,
0: you know, it's impressing uh, me a lot right now. Nick with Reese James is is how easy it's oh, looking yeah. for him. Like he's <laughs> yeah. settled in. Yeah. And what I say about, when I say he makes it look easy is because he knows exactly when to go forward. He knows exactly when to defend. He, the game is just coming to him in slow motion. And because of that, he's able to make such, um, such big impacts in these matches. Because if he were to stay up top the whole time, we'd be exposed. So like, he's figuring out how to create these overloads and and be so effective in this system, it's it's wild. Oh yeah, I mean, I was I was gonna say that same
3: exact thing. It's you know when he first started playing for Chelsea, it was like full throttle, gas pedal all the way pushed to the floor, just flooring it all the way up, all the way back. And he's playing in a controlled way now. You know, it's the little feints and body movements and touches that are giving him the space to operate and and make. Yeah smart decisions, Joe. And, like, to me, that it's, like, at 21, man, like, <laughs> he's a monster. I mean, he's an absolute monster.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's three three points I want to, to make sort of relatively quickly on Reese. The first one, I think, to your point there, Nick, about his his ability to create space. I, th- I think it was sort of second half. He was getting pressed by two people, and he little kind of dropped of the shoulder and the ball drag, and he was, he was way into acres of space. I think people – Often because he's such a physically dominant player, I think people just forget how wonderfully technical and how such a just generally just a fantastic footballer he is. You know why he looks so comfortable in pretty much any area of the pitch that you put him, whether it's you know shooting or finishing like a striker, you know playing in midfield like a, a season central midfielder, playing out wide like a wing, whatever you want to say about him. That ability, I think that technical ability, I think people should focus on that more because he is just such a wonderfully gifted footballer, and, and that. That ability and that technical quality that he has really allows this system to, to sing because, you know, when Reece steps into midfield, it's not like a clunky midline, a clunky old school fullback who can't sort their feet out. He can he can drag the ball, he can play a pass, he can drive through midfield. He's got all these wonderful gifts and I think that is an incredible asset to, to see. Um, second thing really, and I think again, when we're talking about a young player growing in stature... He's really demanding of his teammates now. There was a couple of times, first off, particularly there was a moment when Habits I thought should have played him in. And maybe a season ago, or when he first came into the team, he would have just sort of trotted back into position. But, you know, top players demand, you know, perfection from, from their teammates. And there are times where he's really, you know, shouting at, at players in terms of them not passing the ball or whether they should have given the ball, et cetera. And I like to see that. I like to see that level of, of passion, desire, and, and also just that uh kind of you know backing himself in terms of receiving the ball i love the confidence that he's playing with and i think today as well in terms of i was looking at fb ref earlier my new favorite on is xb which is expected bodies and uh oh, <laughs> reese <no>. definitely yeah <laughs> oh no yeah the the yeah, is dude. is yeah xb is, is yeah has to be the, the new greatest stat um i think reese is leading it this season but uh yeah, watching Soyuncu is not a small human being. You know, mm-hmm. he is a very tall, imposing centre-back, apparently. But watching him try and get his arm across Reese and then literally get thrown to the ground, like a, sort of an 18-year-old playing against 11-year-olds, it was very, very nice to see. So also very pleased that the XB is coming back into uh, Reese James's game. But yeah, I think he he he's one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment. I think when you're looking at the style that we're playing and how well we're playing, a lot of that is just down to him just generally dominating the entire sort of right half of the pitch whenever he plays. And I think again, it's going to be tricky to see him move back to possibly right center back or or rotate out the team because the fluidity and the dynamism, I think a lot of it comes from his ability to to step into midfield and play wide and to the sort of the, the chemistry that he's developing with guys like Trevor Chalobo and, and others on that right hand side.
3: I like the I like that we are um bolstering the stat game with our podcast. We are oh, adding yeah new categories every week for, for Statman Dave and, and Opta Joe to consider in their, in their calculations. Big, I'm, stats look, on yeah. stats on stats. I'm becoming a big stat guy. You know, I really like.
1: <laughs> these really are the like stats these. Nick like. Yeah, yeah. He likes expected
3: bodies. He likes mm-hmm. uh, MV Pet. We have some sort of MV Pet metric. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on, God where's my, where's my stat bomb stat bomb?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nick for uh, <Verlainy> the radars. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> It was good. Uh I think, you know, Nick, we it was kind of funny you had a moment with Christian where you're like, "Damn it, Christian." And then you're like, "Yes, Christian." <laughs> and it was just how it went for him though, you know. He he looked great when he came on. I mean, he
3: so uh, for for those who might not have caught this, he was playing center forward. Uh, you know, and he's <laughs> he's he's done this a couple of times at Chelsea and I think he's looked pretty good in every time he's done it because his movement is so quick and dynamic and uh you know I, I will say him and ziesh seem to be very much on the same page when they play together I mean it just he the the little runs either the back the back post run that he'll make where ziesh will cross it you know and, and put it on a plate for him or these little dink passes that were played today were just sexy and the the reason I got mad at him is because he should finish a tap-in he's Way too good to miss that first opportunity that he put forward, and I would, you know, if I'm if I'm going to be fair about it, I, if Timo had missed that, I'd be pissed off too. Like, so I'm I was upset that he missed a very easy goal off of an insane kind of back cut pass from Ziesch. I mean, it would have been one of the prettiest goals we've seen in a while, but then he comes back and he makes one. And and the point that I made on on Twitter, which I you know. Of course, every time I post about Pulisic, people are in my mentions, either good or bad, whatever. I don't believe me. I'm going to keep posting about it. Now that he's playing again, I'll post about it. But the, the reason why he will play, and I'm not saying he will start every game. I'm saying he will play a lot under Tuchel is because his movement in the final third is better than any other player that we have. He makes little gambles in the box that other players just don't make. And it is part of the reason why he is so valuable to this team. Um, And look, say what you want about him. Say that he's made of glass. Say that he's not consistent. Say that he's not available. And you, you know, whatever. You're varying degrees of right with those sentiments. You also have to be fair about it on the other side and say that when he's in, he makes shit happen. And for a team that has struggled to make shit happen in front of goal this year, that's a welcome addition back into the team. Fuel the
2: fire. Fuel the hate. Fuel the passion. (laughs)
0: Very direct, very well, no, direct. Well, not about fueling um,
2: Christian's fire. You know? I hope so. You know, get get it going because he had some really great movement today, you know, with the offside. Very unfortunate to not. I mean, <sighs> so mean uh, it, It's uh, about a yard away from him having a brace, which would have made it even sweeter coming off yeah. of, uh, you know, his contributions during the uh, the international break. But just in general, I, I think it's having another yeah. attacking option at the moment, Brandon, is so important. with, But he's just,
0: different. He's right. a different attacking option, you know, in that sense, and that's what's great because, you know, it, it provides a very different, unique option to to go against. Uh, yeah, great headed goal against Mexico, uh, for the U.S. over the international break, uh, as a substitute appearance, and now he's coming in scoring again as a substitute appearance. So, um, you know, things are heading the right direction for him, which is which is really good. So, uh, Dan of the match, Dan, you've got Dan of the match versus Leicester City. It feels mean to run one of these after such a comprehensive team win, but the it people did. demand it.
2: People do demand it, and look, uh, yeah, you, you can't fit them all in here because this was a great game, and everybody deserved a shout for something that they did in this match. Chilwell uh, didn't make it.
3: Chilwell didn't
2: make it. Come uh, so on, Chilwell was in it until the multiple oh sides. Goodness I, I did, I did, gracious! I did, I did, I did replace Chilwell with a other option to give people, you know, wow. the opportunity to leave someone in the
3: comments. Because Dan, what a miss! <laughs>
2: That's what he was saying.
3: My god, what a miss. I mean Mendy wasn't in there either.
0: Cholo <laughs> was playing striker today, man. Come on. Well, then he like- needed a goal. <laughs> Have, like, have you seen that, Joe? Like, Chilwell had no regard for defensive responsibilities whatsoever today. It was quite funny, yeah. It was like he out it was, Alonso to
1: Alonso. Yeah, it like Marcus Alonso on steroids. The second, uh, to be fair, the last five minutes of the game, I think Reese just couldn't be bothered to run back anymore because the ball was staying up there and Ben literally was playing above Christian Vunicic for like 99% of the last 10 minutes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I voted for Thiago Silva for my man in the match. Um just felt he was imperious today. I mean, uh, you know, Vardy is still a handful as a player, and that's still a relatively decent side. Um, but, I mean, he's just, yeah, how match. old is he, what, 37? Yeah, he, I thought he I did, he Silva had, was He in had order. some crazy step-ins.
2: Like, I, I, No, I do,
1: he's
3: he's good, don't get
1: me wrong. I do
2: wrong. think it was Conte, who wins the but, day of the match at oh 48%. It was Thiago Silva with 31 following up with that, Reese James with 17%, and then Other with almost four percent and people was were ben Chilwell. about Chilwell or Jorginho. I think people felt like yeah they were really I thought Jorginho. Too, yeah. I, I think that that's a good shout as well so in general again don't be disappointed that the guy didn't make it in everybody had a great game and so now we're splitting hairs don't split hairs and,
3: just and goal is the clear man of the match I do, I do want to give Silva a shout out though I mean it is I didn't think he was gonna play this game coming back from the international break sure right and Uh, You know, Brazil now qualified for the World Cup. I'm sure he will be a participant in that World Cup team, the way things are going. Uh, If you could just write his uh, one-year extension right now, um, that would just give a lot of people uh, something to celebrate. That would be great. Uh, He is insanely good. Class,
0: smooth, silky. Um, So... Uh, The table as it stands, this is wild. So, we're recording, right? And all of the like Saturday matches are going on right now, which is it's actually like really hard to keep track of. Um, Chaos. Chaos. Talk about bodies. Um, So, as it stands, again, I have to use that huge qualifier because a lot can still happen. Uh, Chelsea are top of the table and nothing is going to change that. We have separation between everyone. So right now, Chelsea are in first on 29 points. City in second on 23 points with the game in hand. West Ham in third on 23 points. Again, their match going on. Uh, Liverpool fourth with 22 points. They play Arsenal later, who are in fifth on 20 points. Uh, then you get into like Wolves, Brighton. If if Look, if Watford beat United, they're down to eighth. Palace climbing Tottenham in 10th right now. Brentford up to 11 you've got Everton in the bottom half Southampton in the bottom half Leicester in the bottom half Villa in the bottom half Leeds like this table is absolutely weird the biggest difference though as it stands again qualifiers on qualifiers Norwich are out of 20th they're into 19th place Newcastle down to 20. Didn't Newcastle
3: just get a point or didn't they just get a equalizer?
0: Again, as it stands, <laughs> it's three to three. Newcastle three, yeah. Brentford three. I Nor- can't. Norwich, no. Norwich
2: scored a second, uh, their second goal. Oh, so they did. The two, good two one right now.
0: Good for Billy G. It's wild and anarchy and chaos down there. But uh, oh, always, always
2: rated Dean Smith best the, manager the, for Norwich <laughs> ever.
0: The, the one that I liked is it, you
3: look at Chelsea, and that's a nice twenty nine point number that we have, and then you. Scroll all the way down to ninth place, and it looks like Tottenham and all of the hoopla around their team have only 16 points. And I frankly am no mathematician, but I don't believe that those two are very close at all. Um, and it seems like everyone's talking about Antonio Conte and not talking about Thomas Tuchel. So. I mean, they're,
0: they're, it's, it's the suffer hmm. season. The suffer hmm. season is upon them.
3: <laughs> Isn't that interesting?
0: Very much so. It very much so is. Uh, tweed's enjoying the table. I mean, who isn't? That's a Chelsea fan at this point.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's making for some nice reading. I'm I'm hoping Liverpool, Arsenal draw. I'm hoping United lose. Apparently, Harry Maguire has done something very upsetting to Manchester United fans with the captain's armband, which I'm just sort of reading on Twitter at the moment. He oh. got a red card. That he's that suspended
0: sounds- for our match.
3: That's
1: oh, fantastic. Damn it!
3: Yeah. Damn it! I wanted him to play. He was so
4: terrible. <laughs>
0: Do you, Like, throw the armband on the ground. Wouldn't what you, a pro
3: you? move by Maguire to get sent off ahead of the Chelsea. I know Chelsea I'm gonna Magic. get bodied
2: by Chelsea, <laughs> so let me get sent off so I don't have to worry. About
3: throwing it. a late tackle here just to sure that one up. Smarter than I thought,
1: yeah. So it's great, yeah. Absolutely great viewing. I'm just uh, I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, okay. So Palace, obviously, uh, I think they're being they're calling them Cobham Palace on the timeline with Gurhey and Gallagher playing. So, <laughs> hey, Cobham Palace t- in 10th, yeah, Gurhey scored exactly, yeah. Leeds possibly going to get relegated, which is great for me. I would love to see Newcastle get relegated. Yes, I really, really would. This same. this big new revolution. But uh, yeah, that would be quite funny if they get relegated. But yeah, things things are going well for us. And it's very quiet, which I like about that. I like that not many people are talking about this. You know, we're sort of quietly going about our business, quietly bashing teams up every single week. Tuchel is quietly the best manager in the world. And very quietly, we're going to win the league.
2: <laughs> and credit to Thomas Tuchel for swerving the manager of the month curse. Yes, yeah. because typically you get the manager of the month award, you go on to lose the next match or have a very bad next month. So at least we're starting off in the right direction.
3: A, a special note uh, for another manager who, uh, at some point, I'm sure will will get bodied uh, by Chelsea, Maurizio Pochettino. Uh, my man can't even we win league uh, with uh, you know the crazy amount of talent that he has over there. And uh, and frankly, uh, has no business talking about Chelsea Football Club. Uh, Not only are we a better defensive team than you are, but I think we have one more goal on the season to this point. So um, in the immortal words of Nick Verlany, shut the fuck up. Thank you. That's all. That's all the questions I have for today. What
0: a way to close it out. All right. Well, um, that that is going to do it, actually, for us uh, in this week. So uh, a lot of drama going on uh, outside of Cobham. Not our problem. Our shit's in order. Our house is taken care of, and it is fantastic. So uh, continue to revel, Chelsea fans. Continue to enjoy uh, and continue to soak up the content that we'll be putting out uh, between the four of us and the rest of the team at the London is Blue podcast. So that's going to wrap us up. Uh, always really appreciate uh, the comments on social media and, and, the, and the chats on Discord. Again, if you're looking for a Chelsea home, that Patreon community uh, is, is second to none. So that's going to wrap us up. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.